Welcome back to Stall Morning. This is season three. Actually, it's just season two, but episode three. Who's excited? Punch you Anna here with John Murray. How you doing today, John? Good. How's everything out in Virginia? Well, uh, clearly I'm excited because I thought it was season three. Let's go. But it's not. I guess we could start another season right now. Um, it's good, man. It's cold. It's only 40s today, so it's a little chill. Oh, man, we had the best Sunday practice ever. It hit 75 degrees, sunny. I was trying to tell these California kids they have no idea how lucky they have it out here. January practice, we're on turf in shorts. It's It doesn't get better. No, it does not. It does not. I'm looking forward to hopefully getting some Virginia Tech practice going here soon, and it will not be – It'll not be that temperature. Um, <laughs> we will be happy if it's not freezing and not raining. That's why um, you get the team sweats. That's right, team sweats, baby, every year. Hokies, let's go. So you see my new Hokie shirt? Things pretty sweet, isn't it? Yeah, I like that two-tone. Yeah, let's go. Uh, so, hey, today's going to be a great episode. We're going to talk a little bit about some some coaching stuff, some uh, preseason planning, and in, in particular goal setting. Before we talk about it, I need to give credit where credit should be due, which is uh, I got most of this ideas from Mike Allen, who's the head coach of Santa Barbara, um, who I believe got it from Coach Natalie at Towson. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've tweaked it a little bit here for Tech and, and when I was at Sonoma. And then John will share some of his ideas that um, might be a little bit different. But we're going to talk about goal setting. So if you're a coach, you're a parent, you're involved, this is the podcast for you today. And this podcast will be brought to you by 101 Lacrosse Academy. With over 75 videos, getting better starts here. Join us today at lacrosse.101academy.us. So, John, let's talk about preseason goal planning. You know, I'll, I can share what we do here, but I kind of wanted to see what you do first, and we'll talk a little about that. Yeah, I mean, um, we're in a little bit unique situation at Justin Siena, the um, high school I've been coaching at. I'm entering my fifth year now as head coach. Um, and I'm the only full-time coach at the moment. So a lot of the goal planning and practice planning, it's just all I'm coming up with. I'm not really bouncing ideas off anyone. Um, so the biggest thing I'm taking into account is, you know, I'm, I'm really aware of the team I'm bringing back for the year, what we accomplished last year, what we wanted to, but didn't. Um, and then kind of setting goals. And I, you know, I like to set some achievable goals that I think are really easy to, you know, meet and accomplish. But then I also want to set those um, goals where like it's best case scenario, you know, like if we, I think get to where we want to get, we can achieve um, like our hundred percent achievement um, goals. So that's my kind of like thought process on sure. kind of coming up with it and what we're, what we're going for. And, you know, I'll talk to the team in the beginning, mainly start with the captains. I like to get um, the players goals. Those are really important. I try to stress as much as it's as much their team as it is my team. And they got to take ownership over it. And then I really like, as you set those goals with your players, you then hold them to that over the season. It's like, Hey, we talked about this in the beginning of the year. And I told you I'm going to do everything I can to make you guys achieve these goals. And we agreed upon that in the beginning of the year. I think that really helps build that, you know, team chemistry and like we're that singular focus on achieving those goals. 
Yeah. So, you know, this is great. So it sounds like you have a similar process, you know, in, in full disclosure, we do not discuss what John's process was, similar idea process. But so what we're going to go over right now is a, a, way, a way to sort of chunk this out. And uh, we're going to kind of do a, a little bit test case with John um, and setting sort of some of his goals with his Justin team. They will be hypothetical, of course, but um, <laughs> some ideas. But this is a way that you can chunk this out as a coach so that you can set some success up for your team. And so what you break it out into is kind of three areas. You have you have your outcomes, uh, your performance goals, and your your process goals. So your outcomes are kind of your big picture stuff. So for Justin, that might be like win NCS or, you know, uh, I don't know if like yeah. SI is on the schedule or a team like that, you know, win, win those games. Um, here at Tech, it's always like win the national championship, right? Um, and those goals are always the high, high-level – 40,000 foot view. Um, then the second part is going to be your performance goals. And these are sort of the measurable ones, the metrics that you can measure in any given game, right? So uh, if you want to win, if you want to achieve national championship or if you want to win NCS, you know, you're going to have to play at a pretty high level, right? So you're going to talk about what are my clearing percentages? What are my riding percentages? What are my uh, ground balls, face-offs, shooting percentages, shots on goal? And every coach is different, right? And every team's different. Um, and then the third part's going to be the process goals, which these are the things that you do in practice. And so they're like, you know, do, you know, no sidearm shooting, underhand only shooting, um, finishing to the goal, uh, no over the head checks, things like that, where you can sort of talk about things that you do in practice that will set the standard um, to, to kind of achieve those performance metrics. They sort of build on each other. Um, so when I do this, I actually do it in a team meeting. So we'll have the whole team there. And we ask them for all of their goals. They set this. They set the stage. The coaches only add to what they have, and everything has to be approved by the players. Because ultimately, from our perspective, if the players uh, don't approve the goal, then ultimately you're sort of fighting this uphill battle. And not that it's not worth it; it can be. But generally speaking, if if you set the goals of the players, they want to achieve high things, and then they know and they hold themselves accountable uh, to those standards. So. Let's kind of walk through that process so that the coaches listening to this can sort of understand what that might be. Um, so, John, we're going to use you as a test yeah, case. For sure. So let's talk about, you know, your outcomes. You know, what, what would be some outcomes that you might see at, at Justin? Or if you want to use Seton Hall Prep, you know, to, to protect your Justin guys, that's fine too. Yeah. So we'll go, we'll go Seton Hall Prep to protect the Justin um, guys. Um, so at Seton Hall, you know, the goal – the outcome every year is um, non-public A, state championship, tournament of champions birth. Um, play in June is kind of their big push. It's like we want to play as late as possible because um, that means we're winning. Um, it's definitely another one. Uh, big outcome would be beating Del Barton, big school rival in New Jersey, um, beating those guys. And again, that also kind of ties into if we're beating those guys, we're most likely playing them in state championships. We're playing them and big top 20 matchups. Um, so super important to get those wins. Um, so those are probably the outcomes year in, year out. I don't think they really change for a school like that. Um, it's, you know, state championship or bust. Right. I mean, I think a lot of uh, schools will will do that. I think one of the things that coaches need to do in this process is know what's realistic, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I guarantee you every – if you sit a, a group of guys down in a room or a group of girls down in a room, they're going to say, I want to win the Natty. And it's like, whoa, we went one in 20 last year. Like, yeah. I don't think we're a Natty team. We're yeah. something different than that. So, 
you know, as a coach, it's your job to sort of guide that conversation. You know, don't don't stem those things, you know, or stime them rather. Uh, you know, you want to let those players think high and dream big, and you want to encourage that, but you also want to sort of be realistic in that. So, so how how do you handle? Because I know it's something I had to do at Justin, but like defining what a successful season is—is is that something you want to do in your goals and outcomes and kind of how it changes? I mean, I think that's what the goals are. The goals set the standard for what you deem as success, right? And mm-hmm. and this is why you set more than one outcome, right? So your outcomes are going to be so, like for instance, if I'm seating hall prep, I'm you know state championship, yeah, Del Barton, yeah. I'm probably setting a couple other goals. You maybe win all my home games, or uh, you know maybe it's um, if you have a spring break trip, go undefeated on spring break, or something like that. So that, you know, maybe maybe you don't achieve the state championship or maybe you don't beat Del Barton, but you get these other goals. So success is not tied to one thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but that's kind of it. So this outcomes is sort of this big picture, high level stuff. So let's talk about some performance goals. So if you want to win the state championship at Seton Hall Prep, you know, what are some of the performance goals that you're going to be setting uh, from a game in metric, you know, realistically uh, yeah. at the high school level? So at the high school level, you're looking at, um, I think the big like three things um, you want to be able to execute on special teams, your man up, man down units need to perform um, at a high level. Um, you need to win the ground ball um, battle. And I think you have to limit turnovers. I think if those, if you can do those three things um, at a high level, you're going to be in a lot of games. Sure. So what's your percentage that you set for your man up, man down? Um, you know, good man up, you want to, it's like that 40 to 50%, like a little under every other man up, you want to be scoring a goal, um, Mm -hmm. is ideal. Um, and then it's kind of the vice versa on man down, obviously the higher, like, I think at Justin, we've been able to do, um, get that around 60 to 70%. Um, so that's kind of like our goals there. Um, Obviously, it, it changes from year to year, but those kind of percentages is what we're kind of looking at. Um, score goal every other one sure. for offense, and you know your three out of four stops on defense. Sure. And then what do you uh, win the ground balls? Is obvious that's a fifty fifty deal. But then you know what about for limiting turnovers? What do you set your turnover number at? You know, if we're especially um, in transition, the turnovers we try to keep it under you know six to seven a game i mean it happens we like to try to push the pace um so it's going to happen but the unnecessary ones what do you define as a turnover that might be an important factor yeah like a sailed pass um it's mainly like stuff we can't control i don't really count like a cost turnover on the defense i'm not you know holding that against my offense uh if they you know get a the ball taken away, but it's the, it's mainly in transition and passing. Like if we can't clear the ball, that's a turnover. Um, stuff like that. I think you got to, you know, value possessions and games. Yeah. I was, I was trying to think realistic number, I think for uh high school or youth is going to be much higher than that six to seven. I mean, yeah. I, I, that's a nice number to have, but the reality probably, is, is like yeah, really, one games so will do 12 to 15 turnovers a game. Yeah, you know, at the at the MFA level, we said it. We say ours needs to be about sixteen to eighteen, less mm-hmm. than that. Yeah, um, so I think it's high a little. School, it's a little slower in high school. 
Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that number is probably a little bit higher. Yeah. So, and you also have to, you have to set as a coach, you have to set what you define as a turnover. For instance, I define any clean save as a turnover, mm-hmm. right? Goalies can't get clean saves. They have to be dirty. So they can't outlet the ball for a fast break the other way. We define any sort of um, missed ground ball that the other team picks up. That's a turnover. You know, it, it, basically, if you drop it and then you do it, or if you run yourself into a double team when you didn't have to, that's a turnover. Even though the defense might have caused it, it's still on you as the offensive player. So you need to sort of set some parameters when you do some of this performance stuff. Um, I would also recommend as you're going through it, you know, as a coach that you take the time to look at, um, you know, all the different facets of the game. So John touched a couple of really important ones that can be big game changers, right? If you sort of play the game well, Special teams and ground balls will make the difference. Um, I think face-offs is a big one. You want to make sure you're somewhere in the 40 to 60% range. Um, anything below 40% makes winning really hard. Um, you know, the other thing you want to do is, you know, you should have a riding component, a clearing component. And then, uh, you know, I generally like to have some sort of shooting aspect. You know, yeah, I'm not a big shots. shooting percentage guy myself um, because I don't want to encourage players to put everything on cage necessarily so if we take 60 shots and only make 10 that's fine um but there can't be the goalie can't have you know 25 saves yeah, it needs to be not, like 60 shots 10 10 10 goals and you know six saves i'm definitely more of a shot total than percentage guy like you know you only take 30 35 shots in a game like that's that's not enough you need you need right. more so and every coach is different on that. It's going to depend on the style of play you're playing and, and sort of um, what you're doing there. So, you know, as you're going through this, so again, you have your outcomes, which are your big picture goals. You have your performance goals, which is your measurable statistics in a game. You should set those out um, and then go over them. Be realistic. Uh, when I first did this, the very first time I did this, I was I said we uh, we should ride at, at 40%. Um, and and that was, uh, that was a high hope. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, if you're doing a t- if you're doing a ten man ride, you can put that in. But if you're not, then it's it's a little too high. So, you know, some things like that. Just be realistic in what you're doing. Um, but let's talk about process goals. You know, what are some of the things you do that you set around practice? And and some people might call these sort of practice standards um, as opposed to yeah. process goals. But I think they fit right into it. I mean, big big uh, process goal I have um, every year, and this doesn't really change for me. Is just get everyone involved in practice. Um, I hated as a player attending practices where I didn't really get enough reps. Um, so I just have a, from an individual coaching perspective is I want everyone in drills, everyone learning anything, no one hiding in the back, um, and get them moving as much as possible. I mean, I think a really good process goal we've, we've implemented at 101 this year is just increased touches. You know, that touch count I think is awesome as far as a process goal, um, get the ball on the stick as much as possible um and also kind of change the way we looked at drills um and like how can we get more touches in drills in between drills um and everything um you know uh you have you're working with high school kids as i can speak as a high school coach attendance timeliness and practice um is very important um you know we want the kids there like four o'clock practice doesn't mean show up at four. You know, that was something that took me a while at Justin to get across that. Hey, like practice at four means be at the field at three 30 dressed and ready at three 45 and 
the second four o'clock hits, we start our practice. Um, so it's it's stuff like that right. that also right. um, yeah. the processes. Yeah, and process sort of feeds off of your off of your performance goals, right? So you know, for mm-hmm. instance, you mentioned your extra man, uh, your special teams, right? So if that's a performance goal for you, then you have to put the time into practice, right? Yeah. So you know, one of one of my process goals, I would say, is if my my goal is to say, hey, I'm going to do well, I'm going to excel in special teams. Well, we're going to have practice special teams for ten minutes every day, right? Like a lot of teams don't practice special teams, but maybe once or twice a week. You know, we're going to practice every day. Um, mm-hmm. or if my ground balls is something, so ground balls is a big one. And a lot of people have ground balls as a process goal or as a performance goal. And so we've actually have it as a process goal as well, but our process goal is, is actually one of our practice rules. And, uh, we'll talk about practice rules next week a little bit in, in the coaching side of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think everyone should have two or three good practice rules, but our practice rule is no one handed ground balls, period. End of story. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter why. One hand ground ball, we're running a gasser. Ooh. And I'm telling you, the first practice, you're going to run a lot of gassers because um, there's a lot of lazy pickups throughout practice that you don't even realize are happening. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to start running a lot less gassers, um, and you're going to be better at ground balls. Yeah. Now, we do limit that. We have one exception. There are two exceptions. The first is when face-off guys are doing their face-off reps. They can do one hand ground balls to practice that sort of fast break situation and then we always give our goalies chances to do one hand ground balls when they are sort of in regular play because it's uh you know they're better off scooping the ball one-handed with the way their stick's designed but uh but you know things like that so your process goal should feed your performance goals so you need to think about that as a coach as you're sort of like going through that um thought conversation with your players you know they might come up with stuff that's not related to your, your performance and your outcomes, you sort of need to make sure they all tie together because that's all purpose, right? So for instance, you're a shot total guy, right? And I'm a shot total guy, but some guys are shooting percentage guys. Well, if you're a shooting percentage guy, then you need to have a process goal about how we shoot, right? Like we always finish toward in front of the cage or we all, you know, we always take high percentage shots or change planes or whatever they are. Um, mm-hmm. And these are also your accountability metrics, right? So, you know, what do you do at practice you guys, you've set these goals, right? You have this conversation. You set these goals. What do you have practice when processes aren't being followed? Is it a, do you run them? Do you talk yeah. to them? Do you um, sit with them? That kind of reminds me of this uh, great coaching quote I heard um, maybe a year or two ago. That is, um, if you tolerate it, you promote it. Um, and that's something you really got to just keep in the back of your mind with these um practice goals and practice rules and stuff like that. If you let something slide, it's going to look like you're promoting that. And you got to take that hard um, step and make sure you're enforcing everything. So, yeah, I mean, if, if rules aren't followed, it's, it's running for me. It's, it's always just sideline everyone. Um, right. Until it's changed. Cause like we, we identified that this is what it takes to win. And, you know, again, we put the ownership on the players that this it's their goals. And my job is to make sure we achieve these goals. So, yeah, I agree. Um, we're, we're big on that. You know, we, we always tell the guys, um, you know, conditioning is, is an, an outcome that we see out of our process goals, both in forms of punishment and mm-hmm. in terms of how the, the goals are written. Um, and so a lot of times, you know, we try and, 
you know, we're trying something new this year where we're going to try and set practice. At the beginning of practice, we have X amount of runs that are going to happen no matter what those are not no matter what, that those are set to run and, mm-hmm. and positive behavior will take those off in each drill, you know, sort of like this idea of like, how do you reward positive um, practice function? And, you know, I will see how it goes. It's a, it's a cool idea. We'll see if it works out. <laughs> um, but I think the, the process goals are very important. So anyway, so, you know, you, you go through the series, like I said, I do it with my team. What I do is I break them into small groups at the beginning. So we have these small groups for us, it's called branches. They get in each of their branches. They talk about the outcomes and we come back, we share them all. Everyone on the team votes on it. They say yay or nay. Then we go to the performance goals, do the same thing. And then we go to process goals, do the same thing. Um, the coaches reserve the right at the end to add anything in that they might deem was missed. Um, but again, we always have the, the guys vote on it. Sometimes we have to sell them a little bit more than others, but generally speaking, that's not usually that difficult because they've already gone through the process themselves. So they see what you're talking about in that moment. doesn't mean they're always thrilled about it when it comes to uh, action. So, um, but John, we're, we're wrapping up here today. Do you have any other thoughts for uh, coaches on, on goal setting? I mean, not really thoughts, just want to reemphasize, like, it's a really important part of the process for the season. Uh, for me, like, you know, the preseason is the hardest part for me. It's a lot of planning and, um, you know, execution. And when you get into the games, it's a lot of reactionary coaching, like adjusting and everything. Um, but the goal setting definitely goes a long way to, like, alleviate some of those preseason issues I have. Um, like you said, like, it kind of trickles down from your big picture plans to your practice plans and what you want to achieve in practice and the tone you want to set for the year. Um, so it's, it's a really important part. And, you know, even talking to you today, I got a lot out of it and I'm going to try to, you know, bring that um, to my spring season. Awesome, man. Yeah, this stuff's great. I love talking about it. And, uh, and you are right. Goal setting is the number one thing because this is the number one way to get buy-in from all your players and all your coaches, because everyone has to be on the same page going into the year. Once again, uh, thanks for listening today. Make sure you subscribe, uh, like us, review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And lastly, this uh, this episode was brought to you by One on One Lacrosse Academy. There were 75 videos available for you. Uh, getting better starts here. Check us out at lacrosse.101academy.us. Uh, For me, for John, thank you for joining us. Make sure you follow us on social media. It's at 101 underscore LAX on Instagram and at 101 Lacrosse on both Facebook and Twitter. Until next week, see ya.